Hello, and welcome to an extremely special bonus edition of Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast, and my name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger, and this bonus episode is about Stardew Valley. It is an extremely good video game that you and I both like a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You like significantly more than I do, definitely. Uh, wow, be- really? Be- yeah, before you and I have even started talking about it, that is definitely the case. So I'm very excited oh to hear what you have to say about it, uh, how it touched your heart and mind. Um, but that said, uh, as as we said at the top, this is a special bonus episode made possible by the many patrons who back this podcast. Um, if you want to do that, you can head over to patreon.com slash into the cast uh, and support us at any tier at all uh, if you're feeling you know, so inclined. Um, never donate if if uh, donating to us uh, destroys your finances in literally any way. Uh, yeah, if you, if you have a to lot think of this episode it, will be about, about being financially stable. Actually, as we get into Stardew Valley, yeah. So thematically, um, thematically appropriate. Uh, thank you so much, to everybody who has done that. Um, the bonus episodes exist free for everyone at all times, uh, whether mm-hmm. you back the show or not. And that is just kind of our way of saying thank you uh, to anyone who backs or supports us in any way shape or form um so that said uh let's go down the list of people who are backing us before we get into uh stardew valley concerned apes um i don't know what would you even call it masterpiece seems weird to say if it's his first game i was gonna say was it their debut work yeah what's the opposite of a swan song what's a good beginning i guess (laughs) debut hit the breakthrough a goose beat (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Akira, Alex, Andrew, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Kim, Kyle, Melly Muffin Pie, Marcel, Micah, Min, No Name, Philip, Scout, Shelly, and Spencer. You're all so wonderful. Thank you for backing us um, in any capacity. Um, and thank you for uh, supporting the show and making stuff like this possible. So cool. Thank you so much. Sincerely. Now back to concerned apes, uh, uh, duck ska. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the whole time I was like, what's a good follow up to swan beat? Is that what you said? Goose beat. Goose beat. Goose beat. Duck. Untitled goose beat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) untitled, untitled goose. God, you permanently have messed my memory of that game up. I was going to say Untitled Goose Beat. Uh-huh. That's what I just said. That was that developer's sophomore effort. Uh, there needs to be something as catchy as Swan Song for other hits that yes. aren't the last one. Yes. That has a bird in it in some way. If you have any ideas, let us know. Yeah, hit us up uh, any of the places that were available. They're Peacock Blues, you know? Ooh, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That might be like... I think a Peacock Blue is like a sleeper hit where it went, it was like kind of a, the creator's bold idea that was like unrestrained, like a Death Stranding mm-hmm. um, in terms of like ambition, but like no one really knew how to think about it. And then later on, people liked it, like Majora's Mask. Or yeah, anything. I'm yeah. into that. Peacock, Peacock Blues. Blues. <laughs> okay. Um, let's give the people what they actually spent money on and talk about Stardew Valley <laughs> before we're like, what kind of birds and music make a sequel? What kind of birds do we? want to sing um it's sparrow country baby (laughs) so stardew valley chances are you know it uh it seemed like this is the first time we announced that a bonus episode that like got pretty like immediate like we we kept bloodborne a surprise fire emblem three houses was the opposite of a surprise we just needed to like gush about that somewhere away from the show so we can move on yeah um you and and i accidentally recorded a four-hour skype conversation said we should release this (laughs) this is pretty good i think people will like this um what was that is that real steven (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this is already so silly. This is this is what happens when we record later in the day. Yeah, this, things go off the rails. Um, anyway, uh, what was I saying even? We were talking about Stardew Valley and how we. Um, oh yeah, so we, we announced we Stardew Valley and people seem really excited for it. So we're happy to talk about it. Uh, I'm surprised you opened with you kind of being less into this game than I am. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into that. Obviously. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, but we chose it because it was seasonal uh, for you know November, the harvest. Being thankful for your friends and family, we're thankful for you, the patrons and listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Stardew Valley um, elevator pitch is it's basically like it's very very similar to games like Harvest Moon or even Animal Crossing. Uh, more so Harvest Moon, where you play the role of uh, this. The setup is that you were like working in an office and then your grandfather passed away and was like, hey, uh, I, you have like inherited property in Pelican Town. Yes, I bequeath um, unto you this farm that is riddled in shit that you'll have to clean up. <laughs> my dying wish is that you clean up my <laughs> shitty farm with a broken gla- uh, broken greenhouse and like twigs and stones everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, you're given this farm and you're like, you know what? I've had enough of like being an office uh, drone. I'm going to move to the countryside and, and, and live in my fantasy at like having a farm. Yeah. Um, and you move there and like you said, like you go to the property and it's just a fucking mess. It's just like riddled with, uh, you can actually choose what type of farm you have, which we'll get into later because I want to kind of do a quick overview. But essentially the game is you maintain and build up this farm. Um, you can make money a variety of ways, uh, selling produce, um, selling things you just find by exploring the town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to explore. So like outside of your farm, there's like a town with a store and where people live you can interact with. There's like a bay, a uh, beach area where, you know, you, you can fish and there are other things to collect. And then in the north, there's actually a cave, which has like almost a like dungeon crawly game within a game. Yes. Um, where you're given a sword and you can fight monsters. And that's the thing that I love about this game, which we'll get into is like it's 80 percent like grounded slice of life living on a farm in mm-hmm. a village with other people and then there's like high fantasy kind of around and underneath the world that yeah. no one seems to be acknowledging directly other than the wizard who lives down the street <laughs> um, yeah yeah we could talk about the wizard i have we so many thoughts absolutely about the talk about the wizard yeah. have you listened to our show yeah, anyway point. um <laughs> Anyway, so that's the game basically is your your responsibility is making sure that the town ta- that you're able to like build up your farm in a successful way, whatever that means to you. And there are a variety of things to uh, focus on. There is farming. So that's just like tending the land with a variety of tools that you're given from the start. You can fish. Uh, you can forage, which is just like finding stuff and cutting down trees. You can do the combat side of things, which is getting the sword and going into the caves. And then there's the social aspect, which I think will probably primarily talk about where if you give townspeople gifts kind of like <laughs> zap me whenever i bring it up kind of like three houses <laughs> or uh persona um or, or any game that has that kind of social aspect the more you spend time with certain people and give them gifts you unlock like little cutscenes with them that that show more of their story and that's right. where i think the game really shines and that's what kind of sneaks up on you is like you start the game as like kind of an on the surface farming like sim essentially mm-hmm. uh and then it becomes whatever you really want it to be once your once your farm is cleared up and once you've invested in the land you you kind of figure out which of those elements of the game you like the most and you can kind of cater it towards that even as far as when you choose your farm some you can do the standard farm which i'd recommend for most playthroughs 
Um, but then there's like a fishing farm that has a lot of bodies of water on it where you can like fish work, like right outside your house. Yes. There's a mountainous farm that's like full of ore. There's a like forest farm where like it's a lot of foraging. And then there's a, like a haunted farm that like monsters show up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's for fun. But later on, you do need monster parts to make certain things. So oh, there okay. is utility into that. But like it, that's definitely like the hard mode where it's like, yeah, I live on the haunted shitty farm down the street. Speaking of haunted. To my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> to my grandson. I bequeath you a small farm in Yarnum. Uh, not too far <laughs> down the street. I'm sure you'll have a great time growing like vines that scream at the sun. <laughs> 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 uh, <clears throat> well, oh, hey, amygdala sorry. takes me now. But dear hunter, I just had a long shift at the Juju Mart. Please take this and bring it to whatever sane minds you find out there. <laughs> okay, I got a doll's head. It's covered in duck mayonnaise. I don't know what to do with this. I guess I'll just gift it to Penny. <laughs> oh, I hate. I, what's funny too is when you give people gifts, they're brutally honest. They'll be like, "I hate this." I remember I gave the wizard sap on his birthday by accident, and he said, "He literally said like, it's my birthday. I can't believe you gave this to me." Like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, dear wizard. I live in the farm down the street. You might have seen it in the moonlight one night. <laughs> well, when the fog clears and we're able to hang out, here, make use of this. This is a handful of dripping sap. The wizard's like, I literally have devoted my life to the Eldritch Arts, and this is too much for me. I, I literally mentioned not even, like, a handful of sap. <laughs> just like your hands are covered in sap, yeah. and you're just yeah. like wiping them. Yeah. <laughs> you're just wiping the sap off your hands. On like his robe, and he's like, get the fuck out of my castle. <laughs> get out of here, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> it's my birthday. You just covered my robe in sap. You just cleaned your hands onto me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a magician. I'm not a sink for you to use as a cleaning instrument. Oh my god! What's so ironic is that we've we've done the Bloodborne bit more in this episode already <laughs> than in, the in our one. Bloodborne one. Our Bloodborne one's uh, honestly pretty grounded. We're like, yeah, I really like this game. It's fun. Uh, oh, oh my god. Um, so yeah, so that's the overview of the game. Um, <laughs> that's Stardew so Valley. <laughs> But uh, basically, the reason I like it so much is I really responded well to the to the social part. Um, that's probably not a surprise given the games I talk about and kind of highlight. But the stories that unfold with the individuals, like, you meet everyone in the town and everyone kind of has like an archetype. Like there's like the jock. Uh, there's yeah. like the grumpy old man. There's like the sort of like grumpy dude. Uh, and I mentioned the Juju Mart earlier. There's like a Walmart-esque store that's down the street that's kind of at risk. Oh, I should bring this up. There's one more thing to go over before we go into specifics. So the A plot is basically that like your grand grandpa's ghost judges you at the end of every year and like sees how well your farm is doing yep. which is what's happening um <laughs> sure and thanks. you're given certain gifts if you do well enough um <clears throat> that's not really like a huge driving force just sort of like another thing to keep in mind like as you progress through the year right um and time passes like you have an energy meter where energy is used whenever you like use one of your tools um it doesn't happen when you use your sword but every other tool uses energy. Walking doesn't use energy, though, so you can explore and not use any. But time passes, and usually around midnight, you have to go to sleep. 
Um, so you don't want them to be out too late. And when you're in the mines, you don't want to like overexert yourself because then you'll pass out and like lose a lot of your money and inventory. It's yeah. a mess. You just wake it's up. Like, they really the punish yeah. you for for passing out. Like you do not want to. Yeah. Um, which really forces you to to <clears throat> decide what you're going to spend every day doing and be like extremely intentional about how you're going to spend that day. Which then yeah. gets into like the larger environment and world and stuff where you are keeping track of what the weather's going to be. It's like, Oh, if it's raining tomorrow, then I'll go in the mines or I'll like, you know, fix up all of my equipment or whatever. And I won't do as much farming or, you know, vice versa, whatever. Sure. So, um, the other thing is that there's a kind of a Walmart esque store that has opened up called Juju Mart. And there's also like a town center, um, that is like totally abandoned and the mayor of the town is like, oh man, like this place used to be buff- bustling, um, but now it's like this. And you see that there are weird forest creatures that look like apples that live in the uh, mm-hmm. that abandoned building. And you find these scrolls like in an unintelligible language. Uh, so you actually bring those to the wizard. You have a weird like Super Nintendo cutscene hallucination of trees. Mm-hmm. And the wizard's like, okay, now that you've wiped sap all over my robes, um, the wizard tells you that the spirits mean no harm and that actually if you help them out they will like bring life to that to the town and to that center again yeah um so another kind of a plot thing is that in each room of the community center there's a forest spirit that is demanding certain numbers of things so they might be like bring me eight tomatoes or whatever um so that could be an incentive for what you work to build because as you do that the community center builds and builds and kind of makes the most ideal version of the town. The game does let you completely ignore that if you want. Alternatively, you can also sign up for a membership at Juju Mart, which they really paint as the bad option. Yes. Uh, even shopping there is kind of amoral uh, because like, you know, there's a kind of like romantic mom and pop shop called Pierre's where you buy most of your seeds and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Juju Mart, uh, which is like kind of this fluorescent lit, very similar to how your office is depicted in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. This is very like devoid of life. Uh, Shane who works there is like really burnt out. And there's like a really sketchy dude who asks you to sign up. And the mayor also says like, if one more person signs up for Juju Mart, like I'm just closing down the community center for good. Yeah. Um, so when you're offered that, it's like in very slow waving font, like, do you want to sign up? And like, yeah, I've never done it. Like of all the games that let you be evil, like I've never felt good about, yeah, I never felt I haven't like done it either. I was curious enough to see what would happen. Yeah. I think what happens is just like the community center is no longer an option and like Juju Mart kind of wins, which is sad. Yeah. Um, so like, why do that? Um, but yeah, so what I really loved about this game was like, I do like the, I do respond well to sort of like the time management stuff. Like that's what I really liked about persona. That's what I like about, um, a lot of games. I was never too diligent with it in terms of like mapping it out ahead of time. I kind of liked treating every day as its individual thing. Kind of like what I do with animal crossing, which is like a way more hands-off approach to this type of, this type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, cause you know, there is the sort of internal pressure of like the meter and time passing that you kind of have to like make the most of every day. There are very few days where you're like, I'm just going to go to town. Sometimes like if it's raining and all I have to do is take care of the crops, then I'll just walk into town and talk to people. But anyway, the stories that unfold with the townspeople are, are really well done and really like emotionally vulnerable. Like you learn a lot about these characters that seem like stereotypes at first, but they all have like a very interesting story going on uh sometimes like really sad yeah um often very sad but there's a very genuine connection that happens and 
once you get uh, far enough, you can um, and you can marry anyone other than like the mayor and people who are already married. Um, yeah, I believe so. But yeah, so you can also marry them, and then they'll move in, and I think you can have kids too. I've never had any kids, but um, like a, a, a baby crib shows up, I think, or something like that. Wild. Yeah, um, I also never got to that point. Um, I married a few people, and like what happens is like you get an extension to your house, and they kind of like have a room that is clearly theirs. The first person I married was actually Alex, who's the jock. Oh yeah, and he makes your house look like. This is shit. Like he puts up like he puts up wallpaper that just has every type of sports ball on it. So it's like basketball, football, golf. And he's like, is this cool? I'm like, dude, like even if I love sports, this is whack. Like this is just yeah. like every type of sport <laughs> on a wallpaper. So so yeah, I think that to me is what was the incentive of me to keep playing it. And like also like it's one of those games where it's like there's always something to work towards. And once you have one thing, it becomes like wanting another thing. Um, But it's done in kind of a Zen way. It's a very relaxing game. It's a very like, uh, it's got a very beautiful, like super Nintendo era presentation where like the graphics are minimal, but there's so much detail in the lighting. Like the way rooms are lit in this game is gorgeous. Yeah. For real. Um, And, and the music is wonderful. It's just a really, it's a really nice game to kind of revisit. Uh, you know, there's something very calming about having games where you just sort of have like, you know, there are stakes, but like you can kind of do whatever the game is designed to like, the more you do something, the more options you'll have for that. So like every day it tallies how much you've sold of certain items and you level up like in farming or in uh, combat or in foraging and you get more things you can build that make it easier. And by the end, you're like, even without being too diligent, like I definitely got into a Alexander wept for there are no more kingdoms to conquer by the end. Where I'm like, okay, like I'm married, I've got like a barn full of cows. Like, yeah, the pretty... farm is like automated. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like done. Grandpa's ghost is like, here's some like glowing metals from beyond the grave. Like, all right, cool, dude. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it does reach that point, but like, it's just a very fun game. I've I've made three characters. Uh, my first character, <laughs> my first character was I tried to make an alien uh, who <laughs> the the. <laughs> The role playing was that she was from <laughs> that she was from outer space and like really trying just to like play it off like she was like a low key farmer like everyone else. Yeah. Um, but everything I decorated the apartment with was like clearly from outer space. So there were like <laughs> like I found like an asteroid rock and like the wallpaper was stars and like uh she had blue skin um yeah. and green hair. So her name was Deb from Space. <laughs> Her like, name was Deb and, from Space? <laughs> yeah, I named her Deb from Space. That's not, not exactly subtle. It's not. And her farm was like, you know, like Space Farm or something. Um, okay. So, so that was a very short-lived character because like I, I loved that conceptually, but I was like, I don't know if I want to commit to this. I kind of want to just play the game normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Then I made Bob Ross uh, from The Joy of Painting. Great. Um, who felt like he fit right in. And I made The Joy of Farming Farm. Um, I love that. And I played a lot as Bob Ross. Uh, I married Haley because everyone hates Haley. <laughs> She's like the mean, like mean yeah. girls, uh, popular girl. And I was like, there's got to be more to her. And there is. Um, but everyone gives me shit for marrying Haley <laughs> and Alex, like the two, like, you know, stereotypical, like jock and like mean girl of the town. Yeah. Um, Alex's story. Brutal. Alex's story is really brutal. Haley's yeah. is more lighthearted and. It's fun to see because her sister is Emily, who's like really out there and like a really kind of eccentric person. Yeah. Haley secretly is also like got really 
cool interest, but like kind of puts off this this front, if you will. Yeah. Um. The the moment that's able to deal with Haley is that there's a scene where she like lets herself like hang out with you on the farm and like you take pictures together, like hanging out with the cows and like getting kind of messy and like she like lets go of like needing to be like presenting herself in a way. Yeah. And then she reveals that she's really into photography and like that, that I was like, I love this. I love this arc where it's going. Yeah. Um, so good. So Bob Ross married Haley. Um, uh, yeah. So we'll get into that. Cause uh, we actually will do in the latter part of the episode, we have <clears throat> questions from people that were like relating to a lot of that. Um, but yeah, it's a wonderful game. I played it on Mac at first and then my Mac would get like really hot playing it. So I stopped. <laughs> uh, then I got it for PS4, like, a couple years ago probably put in like 40 hours over time yeah uh and just recently uh for the stream i did uh i made cloud because <laughs> i was i was pressed for time and like yeah for some reason they don't let you edit the or adjust the sound in the menu when you're making the character you have to wait until you're in the game so i was streaming and i had my headphones on the sound was really loud so i wanted to spend more time in the character creation for the stream but i was like uh fine i'll make cloud <laughs> so now i know under stress i just default to cloud as the protagonist yeah but it's it's cloud if he became a farmer so he's a big must and like one of the hairstyles is just cloud strife so i'm like i have to do this yeah hell yeah that's awesome so i'm doing that now i, I just started uh, i might play that more but i honestly feel content with like how i how the game played out the first time but i would love to see more of the characters stories and i would also love to invest in one of the different types of farms like i think i might try like either the the like fishing farm because i've never done a lot with the fishing or i might do like one of the one one of the other types of farms even the haunted one sounds kind of fun yeah the new game i started um so we could talk about it because steven and i just full disclosure we kind of decided that it was going to be stardew valley for this episode a while ago so he and i have been kind of like dipping in and out playing it a little bit this month um yeah just like revisiting it to kind of brush up on it but um for that uh playthrough i picked the river farm because um, mm. I have always been a huge fan of the fishing in this game. I, I, oh, cool. That's like one of the things that I gravitate towards more than really anything else, honestly. Um, wow. So uh, just having the ability to do that from the farm is is really rad. Um, yeah, my, my experience with this game is kind of weird because I uh, it was recommended to me just constantly when it came out as like, I know you love Animal Crossing, so you will also love this. Um, mm. And... I started playing it kind of under that under under that um, implication, I guess, and and found the more I played that it really did not serve that same need for me. Like it didn't it didn't fill that same uh, that that same void, I guess, that was missing because like New Leaf had already like been done with at that point. Like I'd already done as much as I possibly could in New Leaf and had moved on to other things. Um, yeah, this came out in 2016, I believe. Sort of Valley <clears throat> New Leaf was what 2013. Yeah, so it'd been a few years. Yeah, it, it, I was like a, a full year out from being like done with Animal Crossing New Leaf before I eventually went and revisited that again. But anyway, um, but that said, like I still played a lot of this game. I played, I would say, probably around 30 to 40 hours. Also, like I played like a ton yeah. of it. Um, I, I never really got into the social aspect of it as much as I expected to in the way I do with a game like uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses or um, <laughs> or or even Animal Crossing itself where like I just am always maintaining those relationships with people. I, I found Stardew Valley to be, for me, a mostly solitary, relaxing experience, um, both like for myself in my own life and also within the game. It was like, I'm just going to stick to myself and like, 
make this farm yeah. cool and like just do the things that I want to do. And like I'll interact with the other people in town, but not in a way that like not in such a way where it becomes part of my like gameplay you know like mm. it is more just these people know who i am and i know who they are and that's like fine and like the internal economy of of pelican town like just maintains its you know cycle at that point um so i was like main, mainly focused on like building up my farm making it look nice um fishing a lot being in the mines a lot um and like fixing up the community center were like the things that i was doing for the most part yeah i got to the bottom of the mines that was something that i really liked as well yeah um, uh so yeah. yeah i i found i think i found <laughs> enjoyment in the game in in a way that most people also do um i think i just came at it from like a really different angle um and and I guess to like jump back to the very beginning of this episode, like I don't dislike this game. I just really recognize within myself that I had a very different enjoyment than most people did with it. Um, sure. But I think it's also designed to let you enjoy it however you want yeah. to. Oh, absolutely. E- even, even within those like five archetypes of foraging, fishing, uh, mining and what, you know, whatever else there is. Um, yeah. You can find, you know, you, you can definitely play a lot of this game without talking to anyone. It, it is kind of funny though, how all the relationships are rooted in gifts, like, you yeah. know, and finding out what people like, uh, you know, I, um, for some reason, like most people really like mayonnaise and like my farm, like I had a lot of chickens and ducks and you could make mayonnaise out of the eggs. and like, <laughs> That the foundation of my social life in that game is just completely mayonnaise based. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> mayonnaise and flowers. Those are the two things that everyone got. Yeah. Um then there was a, a hard drive article that was like like people grow closer after like one of them brings the other like a gold ba- a golden bar once a week. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that was obviously article, just yeah. a- applying video game logic to real life is inherently funny, but uh, it is it is like interesting how that's the only way to grow relationships is to give gifts. Um, and eventually they'll start giving you gifts too, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it, so, is, it is cool. Yeah, I I just I looking back on on. The time that I spent the most with Stardew Valley, like when it first came out and when I got it, it was just like it was winter in real life. Um, and I just remember like having my laptop like under my covers and just playing Stardew Valley like endlessly. And it was like exactly what I needed. I, f- I find that every year for the most part, I will find like some kind of crutch to deal with uh, just like seasonal depression, essentially. Um, yeah. This most recent winter was Dragon Ball Super, which manifested itself in a lot of our podcast episodes, weirdly <laughs> enough. Um, but good choice. But the year Stardew Valley came out, that was like the thing for me. It was just like it's snowing outside. I have no reason to go outside or do anything. I'm just going to play Stardew Valley like all day. And it was great. It was really great. I, I, I loved my time with it. Um, and since, since then, since playing it on PC, I then went and got it for PS4 when it came out and like sunk a couple hours into it there and like didn't really take hold. Uh-huh. Um, and then again on switch, uh, I bought it like immediately when it came out and still haven't really like invested a lot of time in it. It, it was almost as though like once I, once I had finished a couple of years in the game, it was like, I'm actually done with this. Not even, not even an Alexander Webb situation. Cause like my farm wasn't where I wanted it to be because like I wasn't interacting with people in the town or anything. Like I wasn't really like making anything better. I was just kind of like doing whatever, but it was more of just like a, I can close the book on this and I can feel really good about it. And like, say that I love this game and, and, and that I don't really need to revisit it. Um, but I have enjoyed playing it again this month. Um, it's been, it's been really fun. 
Uh, Me too. Yeah. There's plenty more I have to see. Like I, I got pretty like I got to the end of at least like half of the characters' stories. So like I saw Shane's story, mm-hmm. I saw Emily's story, I married Haley. <laughs> I, I just hear like all, all my friends on this game, they're like, You married Haley? Yeah. <laughs> like, so much judgment. I'm like, Bob Ross married Haley. It wasn't my decision. <laughs> Dead from space would have married uh Linus. But uh yeah, so there's a lot. Like, I do want to see everyone's, and I want to be able to like, actually unlock it. Like, I don't want to just watch it on YouTube or whatever. And I also like. I think I got I got to year two, and I think when I started to bounce a bit was like there are like events throughout the year in the town. Yeah. Um, and like they're really cool and special the first year, but then they actually start to like you get a bit of a Groundhog Day vibe, or like. Yeah, characters are saying similar dialogue, and actually, Haley, Haley. Uh, so, in the, there's like an Easter esque holiday yeah, where like it's egg like day. for spring, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't egg, it egg day, day, egg day. No religion here. It's just egg day. <laughs> I, th- I think worry. it is egg day. I think it's egg day. Um. Anyway, it, the 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 spring holiday in yeah. in this world, the start of LA. Haley is like everyone like is paired up to dance. Yeah. And everyone wants to dance with Haley, or it's at least she says that. Um, <laughs> when you're when you're married, she goes like, "Everyone used to want to dance with me, but I guess we'll dance together." And oh I was my like, god, Jesus! Wow, brutal. I'm not playing this anymore. Wow, that's fucking <laughs> it was, rough. It was very heavy. Um, yeah. So once it got into like uh, Fargo levels of existential dread and in, in like <laughs> suburban life, I was like, I came out. Um, but no, I mean, I definitely want to see, like, I want to, I want to try to eventually make it through three years and I want to like get, I want to see the end of everything. But I, I felt similarly where I was like, I feel like I, this is, I ended in a much more positive note than that moment I just brought up. But like, I did start to feel like, okay, like I've, I feel like I got a pretty good like experience in this game and I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Like truth be told, <laughs> it take, like I had to really love a game to give it that much time. So like same, you yeah. Know, I I thoroughly enjoyed my my forty plus hour playthrough of this, and I'm probably gonna enjoy going back to it. It's been long enough that I want to see more of that world and see more of the events, and I think they've also added a lot to it since it came out. So yeah, they sure have. There's also like multiplayer and stuff now, which I've been doing some with some friends of mine. Like it's cool. I, they are concerned at Ape specifically, I guess, has just been adding so much to the game. <clears throat> it's yeah it, for sure it honestly seems like he just has so many ideas for it that he like can't escape working on it in a way like <laughs> like i think he would love to move on to another game but just like keeps releasing like huge content updates to start it feels like, like a labor of love though and it also kind of came out like we've talked about this a lot with the idea of a series kind of losing their way a bit and having that void to fill um yeah. so this was i mean i think he has directly <clears throat> stated like i was a big harvest moon fan and the latest harvest moon games have kind of lost track of like what it means to be a harvest moon game yeah. so, like this is like my harvest moon game right uh and i i have a very little experience with the harvest moon series i played one of them on 64 um and really enjoyed it and it definitely like this is definitely like a spiritual successor to that yeah more than animal crossing but they're in similar bubbles um what would you say and and i kind of want to hear your thoughts on this what would you say is like the reason why animal crossing clicks so much more for you than this does is there a mechanic or or general atmosphere what is it exactly What's really weird about it is is I think they do go after really similar kind of um, like core gameplay loops 
Sure. But Animal Crossings is so streamlined while simultaneously being so broad that you can kind of like fill it in any way possible, right? Like the there is no kind of a plot or thing to be chasing after really in Animal Crossing outside of like I'm going to pay off this debt and then as soon as you do they give you a new one to pay off, right? Like it's it's just about <laughs> The accumulation of wealth, and you can do that in so many different ways that it just kind of seems open and endless. Um, yeah. Whereas with Stardew Valley, like I, I found myself kind of bumping up against being almost stressed out in this game that is supposed to be relaxing to me. I found myself yeah. almost stressed out by like, oh shit, I haven't been checking my farm for the past few days because the thing I really like doing is going to the mines or the thing I really like doing is fishing. And that means that I've like fucked up and lost all this money that I had spent, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago on on planting all these crops or, you know, vice versa. Um, with the added layer of like hearing how much everybody loved all the social stuff and me not being super into it and saying like there's a whole piece of this game that I'm missing. So I, I think like some of it is at odds, like some of the actual like core gameplay is at odds with the tone that it's trying to elicit. Um, but also that's an extremely subjective take on my part because I know people who only play this game. Like there's there's a friend of mine um who knows who they are if they're listening right now, who has two games on their Switch. Sorry, three now that Pokemon came out. But it was Breath of the Wild and Stardew Valley. And and they had, like, hundreds of hours in each of them. Um, and those are the only two games that they played. So, like, I know that this game is capable of sustaining that kind of gameplay for the oh, kind yeah, of person that sure. it clicks with, right? Um, I know this is just me. But, yeah, I, I found myself wanting to use the game as a way to relax and, and wanting it as escapism like whether that's good or bad who knows that's maybe a different discussion to have at some point but like i needed it to be that and sometimes it stressed me out and it was like okay well I, i'll just go back to Animal i can Crossing see that um, i mean i think for me i definitely get a little bit of in the beginning i i get more stressed by the ticking clock because for context animal crossing is linked to real time so like in animal crossing it will be the day if it's the day when you're playing it yeah. or it will be night if you're playing it at night time um, and things might take a day to change. Like I once heard, I once saw someone write that animal crossing is a, is a game about what's going to happen tomorrow. Like mm. a lot of the, a lot of the fruits of your labor won't even show up until like a real day has passed. Yeah. So it eventually becomes a game that you might play for like an hour often. Yeah. Uh, versus like sinking a bunch of time into at once. Stardew Valley time passes in the game right. in kind of like a Sims-esque clock where like, I don't know, every few seconds is like 10 minutes. So right. it goes by pretty quickly. I think they've actually slowed it down. I remember it passing way faster like when I first played. Yeah. It seems like they've given you more time to spend because that was something that like, you know, I would tend to the crops and then I would go to the blacksmith and he was closed. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I just, I just yeah it, it felt like a race the clock situation sometimes. Yeah. So like, once once things once you put enough work though where things are a bit more sustainable and you and I think where it becomes then is when you have like rituals developed where it's like okay I'm gonna check the barn yep I'm gonna pick all the crops yeah totally I, I and you know and then it becomes more of like it becomes more of like a just sort of like noticing patterns and like relaxing and then and the presentation and the music of the game is so that's where it really is very common yeah the music is just so good the fact that i've played this game as much as i have and i still love all that music and will just like sometimes let, yeah let the the title screen just like loop on my ps4 like when i'm hanging out at home and like reading a book or something 
says so much about yeah. how much they nailed that that score. It's great. And it's it's just it's just the best. I mean, I, I think I like you, I'm a bit more into the Animal Crossing model of like I I think that I like I don't like to feel rushed. I like the idea of how Persona treats it where like certain actions pass time and others don't. So yeah. like moving around you know, exploring Tokyo on foot doesn't waste any time. But like once you've committed to like, okay, I'm going to spend the night with Ryuji, mm-hmm. then time passes. Right. I talk about Ryuji all the time on this show. Yeah. I just noticed. Yeah. Uh, he's your anyway. Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by what the way, little... also has a great energy system. It where, does. where it increases the one. further you get. And, the, and the, the more you train yourself as a professor, the more time you can spend doing things in a, in a specific day. Yeah, I don't. I truth be told, I actually think I, I understand why it's in place, but I don't think the ticking clock adds to Stardew Valley. Uh, I agree. It it does create the need for things like getting the horse so you can get around faster. But like, I think having the energy meter sh- could potentially be it. And I, I think you and I would probably have put more time into it. Yeah. Um, not not that I was that put off by it, but like it does like sometimes. Uh, put a bigger focus on like what you have to do rather than what you want to do. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and I, I feel like, um, I, I feel like if you can have either the, the day night cycle work the way it does, or you could have the energy meter and like having both just means like you could waste all your energy. Like the second you get out of bed and like harvest some shit or do whatever. Um, and then just like have nothing for the rest of the day. Like you just can't do anything all, with the rest yeah. of the day. I wasted all my energy sh- fishing for garbage in, in the pond outside my house, and now I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is that walking around doesn't use energy, so you can still like that's that's actually when I would go and do all the social stuff. Is yeah. like okay, like I you know um, I want to give gifts to Shane so he can tell me more about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Shane's story in particular is very dark. There there are a lot of themes explored that like I'm surprised the game tackles both with like alcoholism and like yeah suicidal thoughts and like it doesn't ever like go super dark but like it doesn't shy away from them it, it it does it in kind of like a like a young adult novel way where it's like they're introducing these themes slowly into a very bright and colorful world so you can realize that there's more at stake yeah um they're passing comments really- that like in in amalgamation become like a larger theme per character it's it's yeah it's like it'll just come up briefly and you'll be like whoa what was that and then they just kind of move on to another thing you know, it's just like, oh, here's just a thing I'm dealing with. And also, like, can you bring me this turnip? Yeah. It's also kind of, it, I found it very beautiful and kind of became my main incentive to make a better farm because it, so much of the game is about, like, improvement and building things up. You yeah. Know, like, it's about repairing the community center. It's about building up this farm that has been forgotten. And not that everyone needs to be improved, but, like, everyone is going through something that you can help them with. Yeah. Um, one of the first moments that really stood out to me, Linus, who is uh, homeless, he lives in a tent like near the cave and kind of wears like, you know, rags, essentially. Yeah. Um, could have been a character played off for jokes, but there's a scene where he is uh, eating food out of the garbage outside the bar. And the bartender's like, get out of here. Like, get out, chew, basically. Yeah. And he goes up to you and he's like, is what I was doing that bad? And like, that broke my heart. And, yeah. Like, you could, t- you could tell him, like, yeah, it's gross. I'm like, the most evil thing you can do in a video game is telling Linus that what he was doing was bad. I was like, no, dude, like you're living in a broken system. Like eat out of the garbage. Like <laughs> we yeah. throw too much food away, you know? And the fact that like the game let me take that moment to comfort someone 
like him was really wonderful. And and everyone kind of has those moments where they confide in you. That that's uh, that storyline specifically, I think, raises a lot of questions about like the intention of the game and like what it's trying to say, because it's also, I think, trying to be like a, a dunk on like Amazon, Walmart, you know, as like a way of like eradicating um, like the mom and pop shop and, and like everyone in the town is so content with everything that's happening. And yet there are still people like Linus that, that don't have homes or jobs or, or a means to even, and everyone themselves. kind of ig- ignores him. Yeah. As, as a way, like they ignore him as a way to like bolster the, the thing that they think they're protecting, even though that's also broken, you know? And like, I just wonder, cause this actually, I don't know the answer to this and like maybe the answer is in the game somewhere, but like, I wonder if the game like takes a hard stance on it or if it really is about like you making that decision for yourself. Yeah. I, I don't remember more of Linus's story, but I just remember that that moment felt like a very interesting, like thing they were raising. And also the fact that like, I trust the comfort him. I chose to come for him obviously became this like very sincere moment between two characters. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alex's story who we mentioned earlier and we'll get more into the stories. Cause I think that was part, a lot of the questions were about that. Um, yeah. Alex is kind of like a Friday night lights, tragic hero where like he lost his parents at a young age and he's living with his grandparents. His grandpa seems to just sit in front of the TV all day. Yeah. Uh, as kind of a grumpy dude and he had like dreams to become a football player but like is clearly just going to live in this town forever mm-hmm. and um, and he has more going on than just that too so like seeing that growth and that arc was really wonderful um, Emily is just like a a wonderful person who's very eccentric who just continues to show that. Yeah. Um, but then you have characters like Shane who is like incredibly he's the most standoffish person even more than the wizard Uh he constantly doesn't want to talk and he seems to be spending most of his days drinking, which is heavily explored in his story, where essentially his story is about recognizing that everyone around him wants him around and wants him to be well uh, and how difficult it is sometimes to truly recognize that. There's a scene in Shane's story where he like basically alludes to the fact that he like doesn't care if he dies and his little sister like runs off crying. Like, yeah. That's what seeing his little sister be like mad that he doesn't love himself as much as she loves him. It was really, really effective. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, for a game that's mostly about like fighting slime in a cave and planting turnips, like suddenly there's this drama. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, uh, to, with, with the whole like Walmart and Linus and like, uh, you know, political commentary, like I think the game, the game's, intention at least to me just seems to be like coming together as people and focusing your life and efforts to help others inherently working on a farm is helping others where you're like making food for people like you don't see that but every time you like sell a turnip you're giving someone food you know like so everything all the actions you do in the game are making the town a better place um similar to breath of the wild in that way where like everything you do in that game is to help rebuild the society. Um, and I think the society is rebuilt on the social scale with people like feeling like they can let a side of themselves show that other people haven't seen, or maybe be asked to seen to be seen in a certain way, like Linus. I imagine the game has a positive ending for him based on how it begins and based on how the stories end up. They're yeah. not going to be like, well, no, Linus gets nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I <laughs> would know? hope so. Um, 
but I haven't seen it. So yeah, so I think I think it's a I think it's a really lovely game that like surprised me with that level of writing. I know people who like your friend who has put in hundreds of hours into this game, like know everything about it. And like I'm excited to hear what people will have to say after this episode in terms of like things we don't know or things we're asking and and I'd love to hear that like in a discussion afterwards. But yeah, it's it's a wonderful game. I'm excited to see what I know he's been working very hard on updating this game. But I'm excited to see what Concerned Ape does next. Because I think this is, like, a, like we said, it's an incredible debut effort. And I think there's so much here that could be, like, it has such a strong foundation for a game like this that I'd love to see, like, if they wanted to veer in any of the directions, you know, fishing, combat, mm-hmm. social, they can make a game out of any one of those five things. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to see how similar to Stardew Valley the next game would end up being. Or if it would be a complete yeah. departure, like, here's F-Zero. You know, like... <laughs> Like what? I am so intrigued by what's next. Like the fact that um, Toby Fox went from Undertale to Deltarune, and I know Deltarune was technically first, but even the idea that like two games that are that similar from a creator whose like first game, first like major game was like such a huge hit, I was very surprised to see the follow up be a similar thing, and I, I I'll be equally curious to see if that happens here. Um, actually, weirdly yeah. similar with the publisher of this game, Chucklefish. Uh, all those people who came from Terraria who then went and published Starbound afterwards. Um, yeah. Kind of kind of a weird, like, just, uh, like, almost sequel jump in a way. Yeah, it was a Terrarian space. We had a lot of fun with Starbound. We loved uh, we'll Starbound. We'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. yeah and also, did. Chucklefish is uh, working on Witchbrook, <laughs> which is the, like, like magic school version of Stardew Valley, which is, like, oh, right, right. wild. But Not a concerned independent. game. Yeah. Independent of Concerned Ape. Yeah. And they also did um, Wargroove, which was like a turn-based strategy game. Yeah. Uh, so also separate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I I would love... I think there's room for a sequel, honestly. Um, I could see it. And I, I would welcome it. I would be so into it. I would love to play more yeah. um, of, of a new I thing. There's but. definitely improvement. To, like, I, I hear the co-op is a lot of fun, but you do need to like be online at the same time and like you don't share cutscenes, So like, I think maybe even just making a, a separate game that has more of a focus on the multiplayer could be really interesting. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I'd love um, that. Cool. Do you want to take a bit of a break and then move on to the questions? Yeah. In the latter half? I think we should. Let's do that. Uh, I figured this would be a shorter episode because it's, it's a game that we both like and like, there's not really like, Oh, there's a lot to say about it, but I, I just sort of, uh, you know what? Cut this whole thing out. I'll just take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <gasps> Goodbye. Brendan. Steven, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. We got a lot of really wonderful questions from all of you. Uh, I have them listed here. Uh, they were asked in our Discord and other places. Thank you all for, uh, for asking these cool questions. I'm excited to answer them or address them. Um, we're going to just go right into it unless you have anything to say. No, no, go for it. I can't believe you gave this to me on my birthday. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> I we went from wizard sap to like discussing the like political uh, repercussions of like Walmart arriving in a town. Yeah, uh, it was a, a lot yeah. going on. Um, anyway, I do want to say uh, actually, just while I'm thinking about it, it was a thing that I didn't say before, so maybe I do have something to say. I I do find it interesting that so many of the villagers' stories revolve around like kind of falling on hard times. When I think that this is a game that people use to escape from their own shit, you know what I mean? It's kind of wild to like find yourself in a game that is about like routine and building yourself up and all of that stuff, and then be confronted with so many stories about like things that you might be like playing this game to get away from. I I actually think that that's kind of powerful in a way 
Um, sure. It's like even in this like pseudo idyllic place, there is still hardship that needs to be overcome. Um, I mean, I think I think that's a great point, and I think it's worth considering that like you know a lot a lot of times our comfort isn't inherently always positive. You know, I think like yeah. if this was an idyllic or quote unquote ideal town where everyone was just walking around smiling all the time, I don't think the game would have its effect in the same way. Yeah. Um, I think that the fact that there's like an undercurrent of like domestic uh, turmoil and like uh, personal issues and like not that all that stuff is is like it's not like it surprises you like in a sinister way with it. Just like it's just there. And yeah. I think confronting that is being in a position in a game where you can help someone through that i think is also very comforting um you know i mean i i think that uh i think sometimes we confuse the term positive with like i think some things that are positive and that are like comfort um aren't inherently like uh void of those darker elements you know yeah i mean how many people watch like soap operas for a sense of comfort i think it's more of the routine than it is the content itself you know yeah like uh i feel like you would probably say destiny 2 is a comfort to you oh yeah it's a game you return to a lot and that's every genre possible you know it's inherently violent and chaotic right uh so but that that is a great point i'm not countering i just think it's worth remembering that sometimes you know comfort media is still it still has merit and weight to it with the narrative yeah um, no I, yeah like, i completely agree you know, even even uh something as like kind of weird as pokemon has like undercurrents of of turmoil and stuff yeah um anyway and again to the first question let's do it avocado cadavra thank you for this wonderful question asked in our discord what is your personal strategy for organizing your farm slash farming style and then there's a follow-up question. How completionist did you get with the achievements? It's a great question. Um, I guess I'll go first. Sure. Uh, with my farming style, I usually made like a few steps away from the house. I made like a rectangle for crops. You know, just like mm -hmm. a beginning, like fenced off scarecrow area for crops. And then like around the corner of the house where the bowl is for your dog or cat, you get to choose. I usually went cat actually yeah i did um, cat the first time i played and then dog the second i love them both equally i usually try to represent being a cat person as much as possible because i feel like <laughs> cats get a bad rep more often yeah um i hear the phrase i don't like cats more than i think anyone should yeah so i try to highlight how rad cats are so i chose a cat i get it though cats don't often give like a dog will give you affection no matter what a cat kind of makes you work for it <laughs> or you know they just decide when you're worth affection which i love yeah um but anyway difference between cats and dogs hot take uh i will pour water in the bowl and have like kind of grass and some flowers in that area so kind of have like a garden where i grow tulips and stuff that's cute yeah i love that um and then farther out like near the lake is where i keep my chicken coop and then i build like a barn and other places like closer to the greenhouse yeah but i usually keep like a, a, a vertical row of where i grow all the crops i can just kind of make a ritual of like going down and picking them all up and then like walking towards um the barn and stuff i will say i waited too long getting a horse because we there's that taking clock we mentioned having a horse makes the game so much better mm -hmm. uh, you get around so much faster i didn't think it was going to be worth it it's kind of expensive but it's worth getting a horse i think even before some of the other like animal buildings yeah um yeah the horses are great i i again found myself not really riding it as much once i got it because i 
I actually liked my kind of solitary routine of like walking into town and doing stuff that I usually did. But anyway, to answer this question, the farm, um, I would tend to, I think the way everybody starts, just like make the worst shape possible to to plant all your shit in. It's just like, oh yeah, you just gave, I I forget what you started off with, parsnips, I think. Parsnips, yeah. Yeah, parsnips and then you'll get like the, yeah, yeah, and you'll get the random seeds that fall when you just start like inevitably clearing out your farm and stuff. It was just like, I will plant that literally wherever. Um, but it, it kind of eventually just turned into like these beautiful, like kind of, uh, geocentric lines, um, that I would love to just like kind of weave in and out of every, every morning. Um, yeah. but like, it really just was like a bunch of straight lines of like one specific crop per line. Um, <laughs> I never, I never really got into like, I mean, I, I started the like watering thing and the scarecrows and stuff, but I never really optimized for it in any way. It was yeah. just like kind of whatever. Um, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I just got a flashback of when I played as Cloud on the stream. I like planted the parsnips, sold like garbage I found, and then went to the bar at like three p.m. and bought spaghetti. <laughs> what a first impression is this? Like this dude, yeah. dude who moved to town, opened a farm, has like a few seeds in the ground. It's littered in garbage, which he sold and then bought spaghetti at the bar. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I guess my answer the- is that I didn't really optimize my farm. Really, I just kind of. It was optimized for me and the routine that I was building around playing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I feel similar similarly. And the follow up was how completionist did you get with the achievements? Um, the one thing I did that I kind of set to finish was getting to the bottom of the mines. I just had to know what was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same with me. I also unlocked the like secret woods uh, west of the wizard's house where you get like the axe that clears the big stumps. I did not. There's get like that. a weird. There's like a fantasy segment of the forest where there are slimes and like stone temples. It's like a very weird place. Um, but getting there was really cool. I never and saw like, that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's cool. It's not like a huge area, but it is there and it's there so you can get like slime pieces without having to go into the mines, mm. basically. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um yeah, I think the getting to the bottom of the mines was like the thing I had to do. Um, yeah, and, and I did it. Same with and me. It was worth it. Yeah, during yeah. during the winter, that was just like all I did was just the mines, pretty much straight up the whole time. Oh yeah, for context, in the game changes seasons, and in the winter, all your crops done, you can't grow anything yeah. unless they're in the greenhouse. So like, it's really worth investing in getting like animal products before the winter, because then you can sell like eggs and milk and stuff. Yeah, rather still than, have like, some kind of income. Yeah, but that's that's also where I went and got like adventurer boots and like an eye patch and stuff. It's cool. <laughs> right. It's it's really talk about like the undercurrent of the story, like the fact that everyone in the town is dealing with these like very personal, like you know, dramatic issues, and then like in the cave there are skeletons and slime and stuff. Yeah. And, like, that's where it feels like a very much uh, to use your word. It feels my. Where like you're mining, getting pieces, and kind of questioning how much deeper you can go. It kind of becomes a roguelike in that way because you really do like you do not want to die in the mines. It's like the worst fate. Yeah. Um, so you could bring you know a radish with you to get some more energy. Although <laughs> thankfully in the mines you only really need. To, oh, actually that's not true because like you get deeper by finding a ladder. It's randomly generated every time. The ladder can be either somewhere in the map or underneath one of the stones, which you have to hit with a pickaxe. So like you do use energy for that. Right. But, um, you don't use energy for your sword. Thank God. Uh, so you can swing that at enemies nearby. And there's like, a lot of variety in the enemies. And, and oddly, like that could have been the whole game and it would have been fun. It would have been like a fun indie. Yeah, like, I've, I've like. said that before. 
uh, to people when I whenever I talk about this game, it's just like you could just give me the mines as its own video game and I would play that. Yeah. So fun. Uh, I mean, so cool. it's it's added to the fact that like you have like a farmer take care of and like <laughs> people you love to return to. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but um, and that way it oddly almost feels like Moonlighter in the sense of like, uh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. Pressing. Totally. Pressing your luck as an adventurer to go back to your like you know farm life. Um, yeah, it's it's I really I really like the mines. So thank you for that question. Uh, I think we're gonna move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, oh my my achievements that I cared about were the fishing ones, and that's pretty much it. Oh yeah. So tell me more about that. I just really love fishing in that game. I love the way that fishing uh, mini game works. The the balancing of the green bar with the fish. Um, yeah. I just thought it was great. I thought it was a really inventive. I, I don't know. It, Every game has its own way of handling how you're supposed to be fishing. And I think Stardew's is um, really rewarding and like actually has a skill curve that needs to be climbed up. Um, yeah, it is. It is really interesting. It's tough to do with a mouse or with a trackpad on my Mac. It was like impossible. To yeah. Fish, but yeah, totally. With PS4, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, um, cool. So I, I just found myself spending a lot of time fishing again in that in that um, that mindset of like I'm using this game as like a solitary kind of uh, remove from everything else I think like leaning into fishing kind of made sense weirdly um, I mean it just yeah. it just happened but it, it looking back makes sense you're so nautical gotta say nautical gotta say fresh right <laughs> I did all that the sea captain's cap so my Bob Ross walked around with a captain's hat hell yeah um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, and then I think the last one is the eye patch once you catch everything. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. Willie Willie's one of my favorite uh, people on the town. Oh, yeah, He's so good. Like, just this fisherman who's like, I the seas be calm. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, this it's the lighthouse. So Something about like a Super Nintendo ocean is so calming. Yes. Like, 16-bit waves in the rain. Agreed. The yeah. So thank you, uh, Avocado Cadavera, uh, for those questions. Next question is from TK. Thank you for asking. JamNTK asks, in games like Stardew, do you find yourself digging too far into the optimization hole, i.e. making the most money possible with zero regard for anything else? Honestly, the opposite. I really did not look up what was optimized. I kind of find that I, I do it sometimes in games, but like, I think the comparison would be Persona or Three Houses where it's like how like down to the minute like what do you do to get the most out of your day and like i like guides but i don't like just following something to a t i think that kind of defeats the wonder yeah um that's just me i think like if you're one who like likes to find that and like do it that's awesome but like i kind of liked i didn't even like really looking at what the weather is going to be i just sort of liked letting the day like throw me a curveball and adapting to it mm. um I, that's kind of how i operate in real life too like i have a general plan for the week like i do like you know this very well. I do mark my calendar well in advance, but like right. I wait until the day to really decide like how I'm going to spend it uh, and adjust accordingly. Yeah, um, interesting. So I guess I guess the question is like I I was very much not in the optimization uh, hole in that way. And you don't really in any games like this. <sighs> no, I think mm. I, I like it to feel like it's mine, even if it's not perfect. Yeah, uh, I get that. If that makes any sense. Like yeah, I, totally. I I think sometimes for the first playthrough at least like uh for for later ones i might look up like okay like what is like the most efficient way to do it but even then i still want it to be mine i don't want to follow it like completely 100 percent um yeah. so yeah that know. makes sense yeah in in stardew uh not really i just kind of made money 
whatever way I want to. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't even mention this. So I, during the my first playthrough of Stardew Valley, absolutely clicked through like most of the tutorial stuff at the beginning because I just really oh, wanted no. to play it. Uh, which meant that I didn't I didn't understand what the drop off box was or that it even existed or was a thing I could interact with. Oh, my God. So I didn't know how to sell any of the crops that I was farming for like I, I want to say like a good like three to four, maybe even five hours of the game. Like I just didn't Jeez. know that that was part of it. So I thought that the game worked in such a way where you had to wait until Pierre's shop was open to be able to sell stuff to him. And that was the only way you could sell the stuff that you're accumulating, which completely changes how you play that game. Because yeah. that shop is like barely open. It's open like on Wednesdays from 1 to 2.05. Yeah, it has <laughs> like, like that's it. Chase Bank hours where it's like we're open 10 to 11 on Tuesday. Yeah, uh. right. Like TD Bank. We're the world's most convenient bank and that means we're open uh, at, at 9 p.m. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it, completely bizarre. But anyway, point being, uh, once I you know, figured out how to sell things. Uh, I I found myself just kind of deciding to make money however I wanted to instead of how I should have been, which in that case yeah. equated to going into the mines and getting a whole bunch of ore and then smelting that and whatever and selling that stuff um, or fishing were like the two things that I really cared about the most. But other games like this, like Fire Emblem, for example, I, I actually did find myself min-maxing a lot of the interactions I had with people and a lot of the social elements and like making sure I was getting the most out of out of the energy that I had on a given day. Uh, in a way that I didn't with Stardew and also with Animal Crossing Animal Crossing Wild World I definitely fell into a really bad optimization path where like I I was actually like very specifically getting the most out of all the time I spent in that game and like making as much money as possible and it was like fucked up it was like bad (laughs) with that game (laughs) New Leaf I found really interesting because that game had the island where you could go get beetles and like mm. the beetles are the things that you can sell for the most money in that game outside of fossils. But I was so yeah. obsessed with with filling out the museum that I would never sell fossils unless they were duplicates, uh, which meant that beetles were like the correct path to make money in that game. If you like wanted to accumulate a whole bunch very quickly. Um, mm. And and what that what that kind of materializes as in that game uh, is you go to the island and you get rid of all of the bushes in the middle of the island and you just leave the palm trees, which means that any time an insect spawns on the island, it is a beetle generally or it's like a little cricket that hops around. Oh, um, wow. But you're like literally removing the game's opportunity to to give you things that aren't beetles. And that's like the most that I did. And my my routine in that game was like I would get home from work. I would turn the game on. It would be around sunset, which is when the most beetles come out. I would like catch some beetles for like a half an hour to an hour and then the sun would set. And then I had like the late night town uh, ordinance on. And then I would just spend the rest of the night like or the next couple hours before the thing is closed, just like selling all the stuff I just got from the island and then just like doing everything else I wanted to do. And what I loved about that was that it it, it felt like I was cheesing the game a little <laughs> bit. But in reality, yeah. like I was doing a thing that the game built into it. Like I was doing exactly what it wanted me to be doing because right. it still equated to me having a routine in that game, making enough money to be able to, you know, pay my debts back and stuff. But I was still like socializing with people in the town and like working towards uh, public works and things like that. But but in Stardew, I did not find myself like falling into that really in any capacity, which I find really surprising given how I tend to play other things like Destiny 2, for example. I think it might be because in Stardew Valley, the only real requirement for money is to make more money you know like you never have anything you like need to buy unless you want to sell it you know what i mean yeah totally um whereas like in animal crossing you have debts to pay off which there's no timer on but like there's something just to spend money towards there's a goal just to like dump money into um i guess the thing the incentive in uh 
in Stardew Valley is the fact that like you will be judged by the end of the year and like you want to you know make the most of your time but right doesn't i never uh, eventually the ticking clock didn't have as much of an impact on me it just it feels very stressful in the beginning when you like are just like making the most of your energy just to plant three seeds right <laughs> yeah i, I, I think yeah. like if you're really to, to boil it down like the two places where you can kind of like fall into that optimization rabbit hole are like the social aspects where you're like on a on like stardew.wikia.com or whatever and and like finding out exactly what gifts everyone likes and like just kind of like hounding people with gifts for that reason yeah um or or the community center which like that's broken up by season so it takes so long to do that anyway that you're not even really optimizing you're just doing the thing you have to do that season which is kind of right. nice um, and it's structured yeah. in a way where like you don't you're never gonna like run out of time to do everything you know right uh, you might not be able to 100% everything. Like you might not be able to like clear the town center and go to the bottom of the mines and like do everything fishing related. But like you'll end up doing most things as you play it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. So yeah, that that answers that question. Uh, let's move on to the next one if you're sure. ready. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, GJ asks, okay, question. Who is the best romance option and why is it Penny? Um, so <laughs> I think you answered your own question there. But uh, Penny is great. I, it's weird. Uh, I mentioned earlier who I romanced in different playthroughs. First romance was Alex. Second one was Haley. <laughs> um if I were to play the game like as myself, I feel like Penny or Leia would be who I who I would move towards. Yeah. Um, but Something about Alex and Haley, I just needed to be proven wrong about them. Like, I wanted to see how their story would shatter my image of them. I think Shane <laughs> right. is a similar story there. And Shane's really ends, uh, if you romance him, it ends in a really brilli- uh, brilliant, uh, it is brilliant, but it's also very lovely. Uh, you're like at a race or something together uh, and or like a sporting event or something like that. And like the team wins and the crowd goes wild and in the moment of excitement he just like kisses you like it just like finally this dude is like letting himself be happy and like mm-hmm. celebrating with you um it's really beautiful i i've seen that i have not experienced it though my, my one of my friends romance shane so yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of really wonderful stories to see play out i would say that uh Haley is great if you give her a chance, but the whole thing at the egg day dance is really a bummer. Where she's like <laughs> guilts yeah. you into being married to her, or, or is making you feel guilty for being married. Um, Alex is great. Uh, I'm really curious about uh, the dude in a band and Sebastian. It's kind of like a Final Fantasy vibe. Yeah, Sebastian um, is like the, the emo one that kids. I'm the most curious about. They're like all the goth kids that like hang out at night in the playground. They're all yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say like I think I in my next playthrough I'll probably romance Penny or Leia because I really liked Penny's story. For context, she's like a very introverted, shy person, not unlike uh, Bernadetta in that way, but like Bernadetta to the eleventh degree <laughs> is, is that <laughs> way. Uh, Penny's just sort of the shy girl whose mother is um, basically has issues with alcoholism and like yeah. anger, and they live in the trailer park and like. She's dealing with that a lot, and uh, it's a really emotional story. I think she is one of the more emotional ones, um, or at least one of the more like uh, emotionally challenging narratives uh, with like what you see and, and experience with her. But she's a really beautiful person, and like seeing her grow is very much worth investing in. Leia is like a cool artist who lives like near your house, and like her story never really gets super dramatic if memory serves. But she's just like cool. Uh, 
Yeah, so she was, yeah, the, she was the one that I gravitated towards the most because her schedule was so like obtuse or like it seemed so obtuse where it's like, yeah, OK, at like I don't I don't remember the exact whatever is, but I just remember like at 3 p.m. she would show up for like an hour and then like paint a pond and then go back inside and you wouldn't see her again and like that was it it was like you had like that one hour where she was painting and then even if you talked to her she's like excuse me i'm painting <laughs> like that was it um, also credit where credits do i love elliot because he looks like he's on the cover of like a romance novel yeah like he's this dude who lives in the shack unreal the i actually haven't invested in his story really at all but like i need to see where i mean let's just do it i'll romance elliot next time with cloud and i want to see what happens yeah please uh, yeah like, give us an update i wonder how real the air he's giving off is because he has such like a vibrato to him yeah kind of like uh again he he's a very romantic person almost like shakespearean in a way like he's very uh sure of himself and like lives in this romantic shack by the sea yeah I don't romance Elliot, but yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer of who the best is. I think it really depends on like what story you're looking for and, and how you envision your character and your life together. But the good news is that there are like a myriad of options uh, and everyone has a very unique story and personality um, yeah. and, and they all feel very grounded uh, and very like, just like real people. And that's why people gravitate to this game so strongly. It feels like you actually gotten to know someone. So yeah. How about, do you have anyone in mind? You said Sebastian. Uh, no, Leah, Leah, Leah was mine. Oh, Leah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I just like the, the like secluded artist. Great. Thank you. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a ritual where like I would wake up, kiss Alex, go to the farm, sell my stuff, go home. <laughs> just like it became like a morning, honey. Then I would leave. Yeah. You put up the worst wallpaper of like footballs. Come on. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's getting married to one of the characters is a very exciting moment in the game. It yeah. really makes things feel different. Yeah, it's really exciting. I love that. Um, Penny's great. Uh, credit or credits do. Uh, maybe even the best. Yeah. Uh, Not Penny's boat, though. I don't like Penny's boat. No, I agree. Um, let's see. Pulling up my notes. Scout. Scout asks, okay, question for the cast. What is your personal favorite way to make money or spend your time in the game? Were you a straight-up farmer? Did you get way into fishing? Were you intent on giving everyone gifts? Did you become a Mayans master? There's so many ways Stardew sucks you in, and I love all of it. I especially love how it can be and is different for every player. That's a really great question to finish off with because that kind of sums up a lot of what we were discussing. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I made a lot of money through farm work um, and I focused a lot on, I really liked getting the animals. So I focused a lot on like what I could make with the animal products like cheese and mayonnaise and, uh, um, I don't know why I was, I was so excited. This game makes you excited to make mayonnaise, which kind of sums up the vibe. <laughs> I had like a room outside the barn that was just like full of like cheese and jam makers. You can make jelly and stuff out of the sold so much like jalapeno jelly. People love that shit. Yeah. Um, uh, Amazing. So like jelly and animal products. People was like, love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bob Ross down the street the guy makes the wildest jalapeno jelly. Oh, what is this? Um, I just smear it right on my hands. Lick it right off. <laughs> the wizard is like, I don't invite Bob of my place anymore. He got sap everywhere. <laughs> um, puts up his cape and like walks away. There's a really funny gag with the wizard where he's like, I'll be right back. And like teleports out and then walks back through the door immediately. And he's like, so the scrolls were in an obscure language, but I could decipher most of it. Um, <laughs> uh, I should cosplay as the wizard from Stardew Valley one day. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, just walk around with a scroll. 
Um, anyway, covered in sap. Um, but yeah, I think made almost all my money through. I, I really liked the excitement of like using the crops to make something else with them. Um, that's what I really liked yeah. for whatever reason. I also liked the mines. I don't think I really made a lot of money from the mines. I did like get a lot of ore and stuff just by exploring it, but that was more like to get to the end than to make any money off of. Um, so yeah, that was, that was what I did. And I think I mentioned earlier how like I really got sucked into the social elements. So it was almost like all, all those animal products also make really good gifts. So like, uh, they kind of became intertwined at one point where like making jalapeno jelly or mayonnaise <laughs> was at the root of all my friendships in that game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For me, fishing, mining. Those are the two things. Love the, love those. I, I will say that on my second and third, um, attempts, attempts at my second and third playthroughs of the game. Um, I definitely got way more into farming than I did the first time I did. Um, yeah. But I was just so in the like mines and and fishing mentality the first time I played that that was like kind of all I did. Um, I also yeah. really, really and like you don't really make any money at all from them. But um, I got really into the like help wanted stuff. Oh yeah, that is those, those are fun. Yeah, and those are more like Animal Crossing quests where they'll be like, "Hey, I had this specific task for you." Yeah, you'll you know? find that I gravitated towards all the Animal Crossing stuff, including like getting all the stuff for the museum. Like that was so extremely my jam. If memory serves, there are also like mice that own a store. Uh, in Stardew Valley, like there are random shops that will pop up, like in this sort of like neutral ground between your place and the wizards. Okay. Um, and like, so there's one like hat shop that shows up. I think, I think it's mice. I gotta Google this because if I'm wrong, I'm so embarrassed. But let's see. Stardew Valley mouse shop. Mice shop. The abandoned house is a house located south of Cindersat Forest. A mouse takes over the building and opens a shop there selling hats to the player after the oh, first Oh, yes, you're right. Point. I do remember this now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very Animal Crossing. Ridiculous. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically that's basically where I gravitated towards. I think in a new playthrough, I would do fishing. Actually, the first farm I ever chose was the fishing farm. That's when I was playing it on my Mac. Um, and, like, fishing with the trackpad was very difficult. Mm-hmm. It was not working out. Um, what I like about the fishing farm too, is that you have like, I get a little bit overwhelmed by how much space the standard farm has. There's so much space yeah. that like the fishing farm gives you like a very finite amount of land that like, I like, I like having, even if it means making less money, I like having less to, to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it's also one of the cooler looking farms. Like it's like there are bridges that connect all the little like islands, if you will. It's cool. Yeah. It is also, really cool. It, little archipelago. That's the word. Yeah, it very much is. Um, it's also good to like, because if you have the standard farm, you have like a little body of water to fish in, but you're mostly going to get garbage. So there's nothing really in there. Yeah. Um, you got to go all the way to the ocean by Willie to get any good fish. <laughs> and Elliot. Why'd you spill your beans, Willie? Is that from Lighthouse? Yeah, it is from Lighthouse. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really liked, uh, what's your favorite, I want to ask you a question. What's your favorite like town event? I remember there being like a Halloween one where there's like a maze and like really fun, like weird carnival games to play. That one was really good. Yeah, I honestly, uh, I think I, I looked it up before. It's the Egg Festival, not Egg Day. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I kind of wish it was Egg Day. Happy Egg Day. Um, I found the Egg Festival to be so bizarre the first time it happened. Um, and then extremely more bizarre the next couple times. As you said, it like becomes a Groundhog Day situation where like everyone's doing the same yeah. thing. Um, it is like midsummer esque. Yes. Uh, and honestly, I loved it. I thought that was great. Uh, you got to yeah. go find some eggs and then everybody dances and it's extremely awkward and everybody says no to me. It sounds right. 
The um, I remember <laughs> the first time I played. There's like the fishing day on the. Oh no! It's like everyone's on the beach and you're making a big pot of chili or something, <laughs> and everyone throws in an ingredient. And like I didn't, I didn't know that was gonna happen. So I think I just had like a herring like on a me, ro- like a rock. <laughs> yeah, and the mayor is like the like. Uh, some like big dude, like I think like maybe like the governor or someone like comes to town mm-hmm. and is like gonna taste the soup, and he's like, <laughs> I just remember that character was like, I have nothing to say about this soup. It's not good. It's not bad. It's nothing. <laughs> I'd be like, well, let's dance. <laughs> Egg day is only a few months away. At least we have that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just imagine Egg Day where like you know those cages in Bloodborne people wear on their heads mm-hmm. and they're like doing weird kind of Freemason movements yeah like, happy Egg Day happy Egg Day <laughs> um I do I, I do want to be clear because I feel like I was extremely negative in this episode maybe uh, unintentionally I wouldn't say so but uh, I do I do love this game I think it's incredible um, it, ju- it just didn't click with me the way it did for I think a lot of people um, but that said, I mean, I wouldn't have spent as much time playing it the first time as I did if I didn't love it. Yeah, it definitely clicked for me and it was a really wonderful experience. Well, don't that rub was, it in, Stephen. I loved it and I had a great time. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to say like I got this, uh, I think in 2017, so a little after it came out, but that was when I, I got my PS4 like in late 2016 and the games that kind of got me back into video games were, uh, Persona 5 and Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in in the sense that I was like actively following what was coming out. Because before then, I was like, I'll just replay this every so often. You yeah, know, right. And be happy, which I still do. But like, it was nice to realize that there's stuff that I love just as much coming out. Yeah. Um, I felt reconnected, and and Stardew Valley helped me feel reconnected to the video game world and like to video games as an art form. That's so awesome. I think it's great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sick. I think that's it. Do you want to wrap up? Yeah, I think we're good. Um, Thank you all for your questions. And again, uh, another shout out to all the patrons. I know we gave the shout out in the beginning of the episode, but we just want to thank you for making extra content possible. Yeah, totally. Uh, so cool. Yeah, that these bonus episodes are so fun to do. Um, they are. Love to just um, drill down on a game like that. Also, we usually like it, it really depends on how far in advance we have the idea set up for what the bonus episode's going to be. Like mm-hmm. so far this is the third one. We've done Bloodborne and Fire Emblem like we said. Um in Bloodborne we had that planned for a while and wanted it to be a surprise. Not a huge surprise. It was Halloween, but you know, we didn't talk about it. Um in this case we broadcasted it, but if you ever have like something you think would be a fun bonus episode or want something to discuss, like we're open to hearing that. Like we can't promise that that will be what it is. Um, but if you ever think that you would like to hear a game discussed that we haven't, or when the time comes, you think something would be appropriate for that month. Uh, let us know. We're always into that. It could also be something like more conceptual than game centric. Um, like we've, we've talked about ideas that are less about, one game and more about like uh you know sort of concepts or or lists of games um you know stuff like that yeah let's do a whole episode on time i was just saying you know uh let's do (laughs) do i was just a baby when sonic the hedgehog (laughs) came out (laughs) hey listeners just let us know any ideas i was just just a baby baby. on egg day egg day i was just a baby before i hatched egg day is here and now i am born oh egg day you hatched me this year
We scramble and we poach and we fry and we sunny side. Up, up, egg day. Up, up, egg. Oh, this is nothing. Okay. I just woke up all my neighbors and it's not egg day. They're, they're going to wake up angry. They're like, fuck, it's November. It's not egg day. I have such a hard time when you do that, not ruining our audio by just like howling, laughing. <laughs> I just like, I just, during that, I just bit my thumb so hard I broke skin. We were all just babies on egg day. Uh, this is scary. I want it to be more like less Midsummer and more Belle from uh from uh this is the opening song from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Like, look, there she goes. I think it is egg day. I can't <laughs> wait for me to hatch. I will be poached. I will be scrambled. This is scary now. Um. Oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part of year, you see. Because here is a single egg, Alex. And we're married now for but two years. I don't know. I'm out. I'm like not even sticking to the same key. And if like I lost track of that. You have an idea for what a bonus episode could be in the future, please let us know. Um because if not, Steven's just gonna sing forever. And honestly Look down, Javert, it is egg day. <laughs> I was born with scum like you. I am from that gutter too. If you want that to be the whole bonus episode, also let us know. Uh, But I think with that, we should probably wrap up. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much to everybody who listens. (laughs) I'm sorry. The most cursed part was I was fighting to do like another turning point, another egg day. (laughs) (laughs) This is good riddance by Green Day. Renamed Egg Day. I hope you had the egg day of your life. Dana. You left. <laughs> I don't see you anymore. <laughs> My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for listening because this is chaos. This uh, is chaos. I hope you found this episode fun. We're getting into the more concrete habit of ending and beginning with chaos. In the middle, it's like, yeah, you know, socioeconomic, blah, 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 blah. And then we're like, <laughs> by the end. <laughs> 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 um, a Magdala like screeching at the moon on egg day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. In the middle of the episode we kind of talk about our, our feelings on, on video games but at the end we invite Mergo's wet nurse to just do the outro for us <laughs> hunters have told me about egg day about their eggs and their love of course I do love you isn't that what egg day is all about um that's a good Lovecraftian scream I think goodbye goodbye see ya happy egg day everyone happy egg day yum yeah.